to quote the words from the song of the man of La Mancha, to dream the impossible dream, to reach the unreachable star, no matter how hopeless, no matter how far. That was his quest. He perceived it, he believed it, and he achieved it. However, in order for Dr. King to achieve it, he had to endure many days and nights of heartaches and pains. But his mantra was always nonviolence. But he endured many days and nights of that which he truly abhorred. He was beaten, he was spat upon, he was stabbed in New York City, stoned in Chicago. His home was bombed many times in Montgomery, Alabama. The attack of police dogs, and finally the bullet that silenced him on April the 4th, 1968. The world was changed that day. I will never forget that day. My husband and I were sitting at the table and we had the radio on and I heard the announcement that he had been assassinated and I couldn't believe it and I screamed, I don't believe it, it can't be real. My husband tried to console me but I couldn't be consoled. See, I had met this man. I shook his hand. I was in the room with him when he asked African Americans not to shop for Easter. I have to explain that, some of you don't know it. See, I don't know about out here in California, but all over the South, Easter Sunday was dress up Sunday. You wore your finest clothes. I don't care how poor or how rich you were, you went to church looking good. You shopped for Easter. Dr. King says, don't shop for Easter. Wear what you have, or if you have to, wear blue jeans. And see, black folk in the South didn't wear blue jeans to church. So, the thing that happened shocked the whole city of Huntsville, Alabama. See, the buying power of African Americans had been taken for granted. You're, you, you're, what you have, it doesn't matter. You don't buy anything. Well, the merchants didn't realize how much they suffered. They hadn't paid it. You were just something or somebody out there. They didn't realize that your money made a difference. So all the major papers around took out ads and say, please come back. We miss your business. He perceived it, and it happened. He achieved it, and it happened. Dr. King tells in his biography of once being shunned by his white playmates who had played with him every day, but all of a sudden they discovered they couldn't play with him anymore. And that shunning kind of hurt. And he ran in the house and he told his mom, guess what happened? But he said to his mom, just watch me. 
I'm going to turn this world upside down. He perceived it. He loved school. He always had a book in his hand. He was always reading. He entered college at the age of 15. And he received his PhD when he was 24. And he loved to read about men who led people without violence. He especially admired Gandhi. Because Dr. King saw violence as a part of darkness, which beget the very thing that you're trying to destroy. Opportunity for Dr. King took the turn, and it turned the world upside down. It presented itself on a Thursday, December the 1st, 1955, when a middle-aged Negro seamstress named Rosa Parks, and as I said in first service, I don't know, I get introduced in churches and places when I speak, and people always make a mistake and say, I'd like to introduce Rosa Parks. Sometimes I like to think I am Rosa Parks. Because I never shut up. She refused to give up her seat. I will tell you about Rosa Parks later. But the thing that's ironic, she refused to give up her seat that was designated for colors. But see, when the whites had to stand up, the colors had to get up out of the color section and give the whites their seat. When Dr. King made his official announcement of the Montgomery bus boycott, the first words that came out of his mouth was, love must be our regulating ideal. We must protest courageously, but yet we must do it with dignity and love, not violence. A light shattered the world's darkness in the form of Dr. King's life. There can be no mistake about the man and the man's message. The light shines in the darkness, but Dr. King refused to let the darkness accept the finality of it. Because he said, darkness has the evilness of racism injustice, war, and poverty. But we needed the light of good, the light of justice, the light of peace, brotherhood, and sisterhood. He rejected violence because he saw violence as a part of darkness. And he said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. He called all of us to be the child of the light. In one of his most brilliant utterances, he said, the ultimate weakness of violence is that it is a descending spiral that begets the very thing that it seeks to destroy. Instead of diminishing evil, it multiplies evil. It multiplies fear. We see that all around us in the world today. Through violence, you may murder the liar, but you can never murder the lie. Through violence, you may 
murder the hater, but you can never murder hate. In fact, violence merely increases hate, adding deeper darkness to the night that is already void of stars. Dr. King often quoted the scripture that you heard read this morning so wonderfully from Estelle. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever, ever flowing stream. Dr. King lived and worked in the mode and the mood of hope and expectations. And one of the sermons he liked to preach, he often based it on the concept of Psalms 30, verse 5. I was surprised one year when my daughter uh, wrote me, or we were talking on the phone, I can't remember, and she said, Mom, you know what my favorite scripture in the Bible is? It's Psalms 30, verse 5, that says, Weeping may endure through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Maybe some of you would like to remember that scripture. Weeping may endure through the night, but joy comes in the morning. I ask each of you this morning, are you children of the light? Are you bearers of the torch of justice? The torch of freedom. The torch of compassion and joy. Dr. King said in one of his speeches, and I want you to think about that this morning. I can't be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be, and you can't be what you ought to be until I'm what I ought to be. You ever thought about that? You know, people who love to say, you know, that's them. But in some way or another, that ripple effect finally gets to every one of us. And you can't keep dreaming up things While you awake and I'm asleep, I wake up and you do too. It affects us all. The very thing that Dr. King abhorred ended his life, but not his dream. The dream lives on. The dream lives in Memphis, Tennessee, and it would continue to live in Memphis, Tennessee. And you say, how? At the motel where he was shot that night, there's a center there that carries the whole story of the civil rights movement from the very beginning until the day he was assassinated. As I walked through that place, I couldn't help but to cry. As I watched my daughter and my niece, who didn't live through that, I watched them with crocodile tears running down their face as they went through and saw all of this. There's the room where Dr. King was staying the night when he was shot out on the balcony, they have not changed the bed. Everything, the sheets and everything is the same. Nothing has changed. It's the same as it was that night. The bathroom window where James Earl Ray shot through, the bathroom is the same. The things that he used to shave, all of those things are still in that bathroom. The car that he got away in is there. The bus that Rosa Parks sat on is there. Everything, all the history of everything, as I walked through there and I looked at everything, 
I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I didn't say this word, but sometimes people ask me, Rose, you're one of the most happy, look, go like a person I am. My mother said I went to sleep laughing and I woke up laughing and I never stopped laughing. But I'm a happy, go lucky person. But there are times deep down, things that I experience every day. You don't. Every day I'm reminded that I'm black. You, how do you like to be reminded every day of your color? Something reminds me every day, Rosa, you are black. I know it. But I enjoy life. I enjoy people. Life is beautiful. It's to be enjoyed. But we go through things... Sometimes we smile, but go on with life. The other thing, the ironic, uh, the ironic thing was of the bus. When Rosa Parks refused to get up that morning and wouldn't give up her seat, she said, my feet are tired and I ain't moving. Sometimes all of us have to stand up for justice. I don't care what it is. This church has stood up for justice in many, many, many ways. But we still have to keep on standing up for justice. And see, again, we were taken for granted. They had to shut down the whole bus. All 44 of the buses had to be put into the, uh, the bus shed. But guess who were riding the buses? Who was paying the money? It was the blacks. The blacks were the ones. But when the whites got on and they didn't have a seat, they had to give them up. And thank God for Rosa Parks, who had the nerve to say, I ain't moving no more. And one of these days, I'd love to tell you my story where I was almost stabbed because I wouldn't get up. I could tell you a lot of stories. Someday you may want to hear them. What I've endured. But God is good. So the bus, the buses... They, again, they had to do what they did in Huntsville, Alabama. Please come back. We need you to ride the buses. We need the business. See, many of the people, many of the people were fired. How dare you take part in this? How dare you uh, walk to work? See, Dr. King had told them to walk, get in cars. How dare you? Who do you think you are? I didn't say that in the first service. But the people fired them because they dared. You work for me. How dare you? Turn your back on me. I would like to close. A few months, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do this. <clears throat> A few months before uh, Dr. King's untimely death in 1968, he told people how he liked to be remembered, and I like to read that. Every now and then, I guess we all think realistically about the day when we will be victimized with what is life's final common denominator. That something is what we all call death. We all think about it. 
And every now and then I think about my own death. And I think about my own funeral. But I don't think about it in a morbid way at all. Every now and then I ask myself, what would I want someone to say on that day about me? If you, any of you are around, I don't want a long funeral. And if you get someone to deliver the eulogy, please tell them not to speak too long. Every now and then, I wonder what I want them to say. Tell them not to mention that I have a Nobel Peace Prize. That's not important. Tell them not to mention that I have three or four hundred other awards. That's not important. And please tell them not to mention where I went to college. That's not important. I would like for someone to mention on that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to give his life serving others. I'd like for somebody to say on that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to love somebody. I want you to say on that day that I tried to be right on the question of the war. And I want you to be able to say that day that I did try to feed the hungry and visit the people in prison and to console them, and I tried to clothe people. I want you to say that I tried to love and serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major, please say that I was a drum major for justice, a drum major for peace, and a drum major for righteousness. And all of the other, other shallow things don't matter at all. One of Dr. King's favorite songs was, many of you have heard me sing that solo. It's called, If I Can Help Somebody, and I'm not singing it. Um, I should have thought about that, but anyway, I didn't. If I can help somebody, then my living shall not be in vain. I hope all of you, as you go through life, as you are living your life and serving, if you can ask the same question, if I can help somebody, then my living shall not be in vain. God didn't put you here just to breathe and take up space. He put you here to make a difference. May we all continue Dr. King's legacy and continue the unfinished agenda. Justice for all no matter who, justice.